Welcome to a special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Don't forget the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And of course, on Instagram, WrestlingTWT on Instagram as well. The reason why we're here for our special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday is because of the breaking news. You saw it earlier today as we record this at 11.05 p.m. Central Time. This news broke earlier today, and there's no way that I was going to wait until 12 o'clock to do a special podcast about the breaking news that TNT will premiere All Elite Wrestling's live weekly matches on Wednesdays beginning October 2nd. So I have the press release in front of me. Warner Media announced today that the new professional wrestling league, All Elite Wrestling, will begin airing its two-hour special um, on Wednesday, October 2nd, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The highly anticipated action-packed matches will take place in different cities across the nation each week on Wednesday, starting in Washington, D.C. at the famed Capital One Arena. Ticket pricing and on-sale date for the televised live event will be announced on Monday, July 29th at noon Eastern. Uh, via some of the AEW social media platforms. It talks about the wrestlers as well in this press release, talking about how the roster is world-class and it's diverse with their male and female wrestlers. Founded by President and CEO Tony Khan, AEW is headlined by Cody and Brandy Rose, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Chris Jericho, John Moxley. They mentioned some of the others as well and talked about how focused and how fast-paced and high-impact the competitions will be at AEW. So it's just the press release to announce that it is Wednesday nights. I think you and I probably deciphered that. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be on Wednesday nights because we weren't sure if there was going to be basketball, NBA basketball, on TNT on Tuesday nights. We come to find out also today that there's not going to be any players-only broadcasts, so maybe there's still going to be wrestling uh, or basketball on Tuesdays. But nevertheless, we know it's going to be Wednesday nights. Interesting time, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you're a wrestling fan like I am, you know that at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central time, if you're a diehard NXT fan, that's when NXT comes on live. Uh, at least it airs on the WWE Network at 7 o'clock Central time. And so there is also a lot of talk about maybe NXT moving off of that platform, off the WWE Network and on to maybe Fox FS1. Uh, a lot of conversations about that for the fall. But um, I, I'm glad that this is official, and I'm glad that AEW will be moving forward beginning October 2nd. So we got something to watch, something else to watch now on Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 Eastern time on TNT. Since AEW has started, some of the things I really like about it is, is that there's awareness. There are fans sampling the product. Yeah, for In years past, especially in the territory days, if you had a wrestling company that you started, you would start from scratch. You'd have like six to eight wrestlers. Maybe you have 10 wrestlers. You got to hire someone, and then you got to hire someone that can beat the first people that you bring into your company. So this is totally different because the awareness is out there. People sampling the product, they can be able to see from some of the shows that they've had on a BR Live and also on the Fight app, 
people can see what they can expect from AEW for good or for bad. They've had terrific video packages. I think that their production has been really solid. You think about how you start a company and you can hire some of the best people that you've seen behind the scenes and wrestling, but you don't know how it's going to come about. And I think that from the beginning, AEW, from all the shows that they've had, the production has been top-notch. Can't knock the production. I think it's been great. The video packages have just been tremendous. So they've got that part down for sure. The storytelling for AEW has been very good as well. You know, I've noticed this with MLW. I've noticed this with the NWA. And now we're seeing this with AEW. Um, they've done a really great job of being able to tell you stories. Yes, we've seen being the elite and we've seen some of the funny and we've seen some of the packages before AEW was even thought about. But it's it's important now for AEW to be able to tell stories to fans that are not familiar with Dr. Britt Baker, with MJF, with SCU, with Jungle Boy, um, with Awesome Kong, with Nyla Rose, with Hangman Page. They've got to tell these stories. It's, it's, it's one thing for you and I to know who these wrestlers are. We know who they are, but there are some that still need to be able to have a background because there are some diehard WWE fans or wrestling fans that are just entrenched in their product and they don't watch independent wrestling or they don't know a lot of these people. So it's important from the beginning to continue to tell the stories of these new wrestlers that will be on the uh, Turner landscape. It's it's different for a lot of people. So telling that story is important. I think that AEW has a grasp of that. Uh, early momentum and having a roster. As I mentioned before, the territory days, when you start in a, a new company and you might have eight to ten people and you're going to try to borrow talent from across the country and have them finish up and be in your territory for a couple of months and then come back. I mean, it's, it's something. I mean, you, you just... I just look at this roster and how impressive it is. It's one thing for some of the former New Japan talent to be able to be part of AEW, but also I think it's important for um, AEW to find the best independent talent and some of the most untapped talent across the country and around the world. And they've done that too. I think that it's a very solid roster. Uh, and so early momentum there because of the roster. Uh, also, you could see the influence of actual rules. And you know, this is a Jim Ross influence, and I think that's a positive. You know, we've already seen a draw. I cannot tell you the last time I saw an actual draw uh, on American soil when it comes to wrestling. We saw that with uh, in the Cody Rhodes match, and, and I thought that that was great. That we were able to see a draw because it told a story. It put um, it put the both wrestlers over in that spot, and I think that it was just something different that we haven't seen in a long time. It's not nostalgic as much as it is just uh, it makes sense as far as storytelling. Um, you, you know whether it's the twenty counts, the draws, the rules that are there, um, the referees with some kind of authority. It's just all in the packaging, right? If you want to be different, you've got to be able to do different things, and I think that that's good. Um, um, I, I look at AEW also and look at some of the things that have to be better. Like we've seen some of the pre-show and, and again, for if you're into it, that's great. Uh, I'm someone that's been watching wrestling for a long time and seen companies start and finish quickly, seen companies start and really flourish and make money and then fizzle out. Um, I, I think that 
the one thing that you want to make sure of, especially when you're on this Turner brand, because this is just not a hundred people in a bingo hall or a thousand people here watching on a on a sports app that you may get to watch your program. Uh, it is very important and very important to be able to understand what the wrestling fan wants. Yes, it's nothing wrong with, with comedy, especially if it's in the right place, but also I think that we get a lot of in WWE programming, especially on Raw, is a lot of bad comedy. Uh, you know, it, there's some things that you might snicker at, but there's nothing that you say, man, I, I can't wait to see that again on a regular basis. You might see it for a little bit, but, you know, we're talking about how the WWE looks at their comedy based on one man, and it's Vince McMahon's uh, sense of humor. It's not the writer's sense of humor, it's Vince's sense of humor. And so, and you've been seeing that, and I've been seeing that for a long time. Uh, AEW's got to be very careful with that, because if you're trying to be different, you want to be able to tell stories. And if you have too much comedy in your two-hour program, then how are you different from the WWE? You can't be the same, because otherwise this is a waste. You've got to be different. So the stuff on the pre-show, some of the things, like the last time they had a show, Fight for the Fall, I didn't see the pre-show because I saw the first couple and I'm just like, okay, this is a waste of time because those things I saw in the pre-shows and the previous two shows before the show in Jacksonville was a waste of time for me. Uh, I just want to get to the meat of the matter, get to the meat of the the shows. So um, that's got to be better. you got to realize... Um, placement when it comes to some of the things they had in those pre-shows. Uh, long matches. Let me get into that. I haven't talked about this on the podcast at all, about long matches. Ric Flair is someone that didn't want to wrestle five-minute matches. I asked him in an interview, which I might I might put down. From a couple of years ago, I had Ric Flair on my radio show. And I asked him, I said, how come you never throttled anybody? You know, you easily could have just beat somebody in three or four minutes when you were doing enhancement talent matches uh, when you worked for the NWA or WCW. He said, you know, I never wanted to do that in the ring because I'm strutting, strutting that ass out there and I'm got the robe on and, you know, I'm talking and by that time it's about 10 minutes gone. <laughs> and, and Rick was pretty much saying that there's no need to just beat somebody in five minutes because that was never his style. He wanted to be able to be out there as long as possible and have the best match if possible. I mentioned Ric Flair because Ric Flair and Triple H have something in common. Triple H, if you notice, a lot of his WrestleMania matches could have been just 15 minutes for someone who works in the office and wrestles, what, three to five times a year. doesn't have to be out there for 30 minutes, but you saw like the last match against Batista. It was way too long. It was way too long. And, and the reason why is because Triple H believes what Ric Flair believes, and that is be out there as long as possible because the longer you're out there, the better the match. Not true. Not true. What we have seen here on some of these shows from AEW is that there's a lot of these stories that can be told in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Uh, I'll give an example. The last match we saw with the Rhodes Brothers against the Young Bucks, 32 minutes, probably could have been 20. Uh, it's still a good match. It's still very good, but you can tell your story in a shorter time. I'm not saying that we need to go back to the Attitude Era where matches were a minute and a half. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't want matches droning on and on and on and not telling a back-and-forth story. Um, and so... 
the longer the match, the better is a Ric Flair philosophy. It doesn't have to be an AEW philosophy. Tell your story, especially with limited time on television, and move forward. For big events, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. And even then, sometimes you don't have to be out there for 30, 35 minutes because I want to see more. You've got to, for me, and you and I might be different as wrestling fans. For me, I just want to see the opportunity to see a rematch if possible meaning that if a good match is 15 minutes well i can't wait to see the next one or if that one is good well i can't wait to see the third match i can't wait to see the fourth match so you know uh, many wrestling fans just want to be all in uh, chips to the in front of the table and um and and be able to get what they want first and to me i just want a story especially if the uh if the combatants aren't worth it, I want to see it more than once. So don't give it all to me in 30, a 30 minute match. Give it to me in 10. Give it to me in 15. Make me want more. Uh, that's something that's missing in wrestling today. Just give me more to watch. Um, the announcers, I'm, I'm wondering about as well. I'd like to know, and maybe this will be answered on August 31st when uh, AEW comes to Chicago, part of that StarCast event. Um, that's going to take place at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates. I'd like to know what the announcer situation is for any company, good or bad, good or questionable, mediocre or outstanding. You've got to be able to have announcers that can be able to tell the story. And Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Alex Marvez have worked several times. And I just don't know what Jim Ross's role is supposed to be. I love Jim Ross, and Jim Ross is a frequent guests on my radio shows and in my podcast for wrestling. But Jim, I don't know if Jim is the host of these broadcasts. I don't know if Jim is supposed to be doing the play-by-play and Excalibur is just stepping on him and just calling every move like it's radio. I don't know what it is. But that broadcast has got to be able to tell better stories for to bring me in closer to the product. It seems like Jim Ross starts it off and Excalibur is calling a hundred different moves. The play-by-play is good from Excalibur, but I think that the, a lot of the audience wants to hear from JR. And I think that uh, honesty compels me to tell you that if you're looking for Jim Ross from 1997, you're not getting him. Um, I've seen this with Gordon Soley toward the end when he was working with uh, WCW in 1990, when 1991, 92. Um, Jim is still the voice of many wrestling fans' childhood, there's no doubt. But Jim has to be able to take a better, uh, assert himself better in this broadcast. Yeah, there's a million moves, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't tell stories and still be able to hold your play-by-play position. Excalibur's calling everything. Alex Marvez is calling moves in the ring. And Jim is just kind of there and just there for some of the high spots toward the end. And if that's good enough for you, that's fine. But I just need to know what this broadcast is. Alex Marvez was better from the last broadcast. Alex, at times, sounds like he's calling golf. It's wrestling, man. Just get me into it, you know? Uh, it doesn't have to be fake, but you can get me into it. I think the information on that show is very good, though. I think those three tell a great story as far as the background. I like that. I think Alex did a great job with that, uh, the last show. Excalibur is calling a lot of play-by-play, and there, there's Jim. And so I, I'm wondering... And for those of you that watched MLW when they were doing a lot of shows in New York, when it was Tony Schiavone and Rich Bokini, if you notice on that broadcast, um, Rich 
called a lot of play-by-play and Tony did color. And then when Tony got comfortable, the, the roles switched. And maybe it's just that Jim's got to get comfortable. And then when the bell rings uh, in October, that Jim will have more of a, a role in the play-by-play. But I know that diehard Jim Ross fans want to hear Jim Ross call the damn match. And uh, you, you just, you're just not getting a lot of that in these last few shows. Uh, time will tell on how that broadcast is going to work because it, 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 when you have a new broadcast, Excalibur is doing a great job as far as play-by-play, but I know fans want to hear from Jim more often. So we'll keep our eyes on that. The last show that we saw from Fight from the Fallen in Jacksonville, there was a lot of middle fingers, a lot of language on that. Um, it doesn't offend me. I just thought that in the opening match, we saw more middle fingers from wrestlers than we saw in the Attitude Era for a month on Monday Night Raw. I, I just thought, like, okay, you see this in New Japan from time to time, and I get it, but I think that it could be overkill. Is that part of the package on October 2nd, or was that just for Fight for the Fallen? These are things you have to wonder about. And, and so I, I'm con- wondering about that. Something else, too, um, is about who's the boss of AEW. And you're probably thinking, well, Hood, of course, it's Tony Khan. He's the boss. Okay. For those of you that listen to Eric Bischoff or ever heard Eric Bischoff speak on his 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff podcast with Conrad Thompson. If you listen to that show as much as I do, there is a lot of conversation from Eric trying to explain his role in WCW and how he turned a profit and how he was able to bring in the NWO and beat the WWE for 83 weeks, all that. We know the story, right? You and I know the story from the Monday Night Wars. But there's a lot of, I didn't know that was happening, or I wasn't involved with that, or I was, I'm was i not even a maintenance booker, or I'm not a booker, or that's what they, you blame Greg Gagne, let's blame Kevin Sullivan, let's blame this, blame that. It's like, well, wait, if you're the head of, the executive producer, or the head of Nitro, or Thunder, or WCW in general, how do you not know these things? Well, I'm not saying that Tony Khan is Eric Bischoff, but I still would like to know who has the final say in a lot of this and how does that work? I just know over the years, if you're a longtime wrestling fan, you know where I'm going with this. When you have the boys, and I mean the boys, meaning like a, a wrestler that has the pencil and he's telling you thumbs up, thumbs down, and there's no continuity and the, one of the boys is putting himself in the main event. One of the boys is actually kind of uh, steering the ship as far as the creative is concerned. Uh, and the person that's supposed to be doing it is not doing it because he's not a wrestling guy. That's a problem. So let's just put it in this in this term, okay? And I'm only going by wrestling history when I talk about this. I'm not saying that this is the way AEW is going. But I see right in front of me that it's the founder, the president, and the CEO of AEW is Tony Khan. Does Tony Khan have a final say about finishes? I'm just asking. I don't know the answer to that. I don't think any of us know the answer to that. We can surmise, but I'm wondering, is Tony Khan going to be the person that's at the head of the table like Vince would be at Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live at NXT and and pay-per-views and say, okay, here's the direction that we're going in, guys. 
and then you have all this help around the table, and then Vince has a final so See, that's the thing. Whatever you think of the WWE, he, he's got the final say. Vince McMahon has the final say. Does Tony Khan have the final say in who's going to win between Hangman Page and Chris Jericho for the AEW title? Or does Cody Rhodes? Or does the Young Bucks? Or does Kenny Omega? Or does Jim Ross? Too many cooks in the kitchen will ruin and really shit can an organization. It will. I've seen it happen time and time again. In a traditional sense, in Memphis, for instance, there was only two bookers. One of them was Jerry Lawler, who had the pencil, put himself in the main event a lot, drew money in Memphis at the Mid-South Coliseum. The other one was Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett had it for six months. Jerry Lawler had it for the other six months. So you knew who the boss was. It's two guys that were the bosses in Memphis. I'm just using that as an example. We know in the WWE that Vince is the boss. That it stops with him. But in WCW, it's Kevin Nash, it's Kevin Sullivan, Jimmy Hart. A lot, of, a lot of different cooks in the kitchen in WCW that had a lot of, you know, the booking committee. You hear that on Tony Schiavone's podcast talking about, well, you know, Ric Flair had the book in the 90s and, you know, he was the boss. Can't have that. I'm not a big fan of the boys having the pencil. Someone has to be able to have a say. Um, so, you know, TNA, Dixie Carter, she wasn't there for, for the uh, finishes. It was kind of a booking committee. Remember, Vince Russo had a say, Jim Cornette had a say, Jeff Jarrett had a say. Uh, There's so many different people. And then when you have too many cooks, this is what happens. Um, I look forward to seeing the veterans and the young talent in AEW. Looking for that, forward to that as well. Um, and we talk about who's got the pencil, right? Does that mean that Omega and the Young Bucks, those guys are going to be on the top of the card all the time? Or will we see more of Jungle Boy, see more of Dr. Britt Baker, will we see more of, you know, John Moxley, Nyla Rose, some of these other people? I look forward to seeing how it all materializes because we have seen the mistakes before. Not saying that that's where AEW, I want to make sure it's very clear. I'm not saying this is where AEW is going. I'm not going to say that they're going to make the same mistakes as WCW or TNA or some of these other organizations that had to fold. But I'm just saying that it's in front of you why these organizations did not last. Hopefully AEW sees the direction. And again, Tony Khan, who is a wrestling geek, knows the finishes, knows wrestling backwards and forwards as far as who won, who lost, and the ebb and flow of an organization. But is he the one to be able to be at the front of the table and say, you know, nope, we're going to go in this direction, and here's why. Or is that Cody Rhodes, who is a worker? Or is it Kenny Omega? A lot of questions on the table with that. Uh, Because here's the thing. In closing, I will tell you that we want fresh and we want new in professional wrestling, right? Wrestling is great. Overseas, I'm following a number of organizations across the country in the United States and also in Germany and in the UK and Canada. Wrestling is thriving. Wrestling is doing very well. But what we want is something fresh and something new. This is not about trying to knock off the WWE. From AEW standpoint, Jim has told me, Jim Ross has told me, like, this is not about trying to go against the WWE. For Maybe for Cody Rhodes it is. <laughs> but... Um, but I think that 
you need a fresh alternative, something different, something new, right? And so this is what this is all about. Um, so um, from MLW to ROH to New Japan Pro Wrestling to uh, AEW, from the NXT brands, NXT UK, NXT, anyway, wrestling is, is doing well. You know, Impact Wrestling is not dying. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's very interesting what's going on here. So I, I look forward to seeing what AEW is going to bring on August 31st. And, of course, the big news is October 2nd. They're going to be on Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 Eastern, 7 to 9 Central Time uh, on TNT. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let me uh, play this for you. Uh, I'm doing very well for someone that uh, had two bottles of wine at dinner tonight. But I, but I wasn't going to, uh, I was not going to leave this day without talking to you about AEW because the big news came down today. Um, let us uh, listen in to the guys uh, talking about Fox and SmackDown Live. Interesting thoughts from um, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez uh, about what's going on with the WWE because remember SmackDown leaves Tuesday nights this fall and goes to Friday nights. Bad television nights, Friday nights, and the ratings, it, maybe it's a little bit of an uptick, but it's not exactly where Fox would like them. I don't think USA is not necessarily happy with all the, the ratings for uh, for the WWE as of late either. Um, there's a little bit of a bump because of what we saw from the Raw Reunion. I talked about that in our last episode. Go back in the archives, listen to my thoughts on Raw Reunion, and also Dave LaGreca was on that show. But listen to um, what the guys um, from Wrestling Observer Live was talking about regarding the WWE and Fox. Uh, how well will this work out? Uh, listen to this. Yeah, Fox um, had, a, had a meeting with its affiliates today, this afternoon, and they talked a bunch about WWE. They, talk, they talked about everything on the fall schedule, but WWE came up. And I guess the key stuff is that SmackDown will air 51 Fridays a year on Fox. They will be preempted for the World Series. Um, it's expected that they'll move to FS1 that week, but that's not official. Uh, there's going to be a one-hour launch show in late September. Uh, probably, I'm going to guess on a Friday night to like be like the to the build lunch. the first to build the first show to introduce the wrestlers, the talent, you know WWE to the audience. Um, there are negotiations to get NXT on, which shocks me to no end. The idea of NXT on Wednesday night, what a what an absolute shocker! It's like amazing that I can. Wait, wait, wait. When you say on, you presume, I presume FS1 or Fox? It's got to be FS1. They're not about to put it on Fox. Um, they, the only thing that's official is the talk show on FS1. But there's definitely, they brought up at the meeting the idea of NXT maybe getting on television. Um, and let me think what else. Um... They want everyone, all the stations, to promote WWE as a legitimate sport, sport, not entertainment. Um, and uh, they're going to start promoting the 20th anniversary of SmackDown, which I presume is the October 4th issue uh, episode. And they're going to have a lot of surprises on that show. And they are... Uh, doing something where I guess they're going to do the Lex Express modernized, where wrestlers will be taking a, 
will be in a moving truck going to different cities, big, small, and intermediate markets to promote uh, starting on Fox in October. And they're also going to be doing a digital primer. Seriously, what are they really doing? They're doing this. It's all, it's all real. This the, wrestlers, is all the wrestlers are going to be in a moving truck. Going to different going cities. Going from town to town. Going to different cities to promote the move to Fox, wow. yes. They are planning a digital primer where viewers can get a behind-the-scenes look at the product and to teach viewers inside wrestling terms. So that was the... Inside wrestling terms? Yeah. I'm sure it's not inside wrestling terms like me and you would use, but... <laughs> Maybe some inside wrestling terms, yeah. Teach them the lingo. I cannot wait. I can't get over the moving truck. Yep. Is Rock going to be riding that moving truck? Probably Hell, not, right? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Just checking. I don't think so. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon. I doubt it. Not going to be the moving truck Maybe going Kurt town Hawkins. to town? Maybe Kurt Hawkins. I don't know. Yeah, he'll probably be in there, be my yeah. guess. Wow. Yep. Well, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm not going to lie. I didn't think that SmackDown was, like, a bad show, but I was watching the show, and I was looking at all of the things that you could skip and how you could watch the show in, like, 45, 50 minutes. And when the show was over, I just thought, this show is just going to die in the ratings. Like, it did, it's it just, didn't. I know. That's what I'm talking about. I couldn't even believe my eyes. It was yeah. the highest yeah. since the Superstar Shakeup. Yeah, it's the highest in three months. Uh, so, before you, we go into that, you can hear it on your own. Um, some great stuff there from Dave Meltzer, as well as Brian Alvarez talking about, yeah, SmackDown and their moving truck. And you heard the FS1 stuff, too, so this could be a double... Uh, a double thing for here for uh, SmackDown Live and for the WWE, by the way, being on Fox Sports and FS1. So interesting. Interesting. So that's part of their conversation on uh, Wrestling Observer Live. You can find that on YouTube, youtube.com. Uh, I am uh, going to tell you this, that AEW, and I'll probably be saying this on the air all the way up to their debut on TNT, AEW cannot be about saying we can do all these things on TNT because Vince doesn't own the company. We can do all these things or say all these things because Vince is not around. That's not what AEW should be about. AEW should stand alone and be able to have a standard. Your standard is, oh, the teacher's not here so we can screw around on the substitute teacher, Tony Khan. That's not what it's going to be about. It's got to be, what I want to see is a terrific in-ring product, stories, and promos. God, just give me promos. Look me in, look in the camera and just show me that you care. Show me that, hey, I'm serious. You don't, may not believe wrestling, but you can believe me. So I'm so glad Tully Blanchard's around with Sean Spears. It's going to just bring a different dynamic to the business. So I'm totally in for that. So uh, as I mentioned to you before, my friends, you could uh, check out the YouTube page, youtube.com. It's in the description. Uh, you can see some of my podcasts there. Also on Twitter and Instagram, WrestlingTWT. And you could just hit me on Twitter as well. Tweet J Hood is where you could find me. That's all in the description for Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. All right, uh, next Tuesday, 
Uh, July 30th, we'll have another show. It'll air 9.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll have a a lot of fun. And uh, if you hadn't heard my interview with uh, Dave LaGreca uh, from Busted Open, that was a great conversation with him, long-form conversation about uh, where the business is going his thoughts about uh, that, as well as uh, Busted Open. His show's going to Toronto for SummerSlam, which is great. He's going to be teamed with Mark Henry to do that show for Busted Open on SiriusXM. Check out my guy, Monday through Friday on uh, Fight Nation on SiriusXM. Great job. 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time on SiriusXM. All right, time to go to bed. But uh, I just had to be able to lay this podcast down to you because when I saw the AEW made its uh, selection, I said, you know what? Let's talk. I couldn't wait until next Tuesday to talk to you about that. All right, my friends. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. And tell people, don't be selfish. Tell people that Jonathan Hood is talking wrestling every Tuesday and has a podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, right here. So thanks so much for checking it out. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday, July 30th, with a fresh episode of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. But if there's news breaking, I'll come back again. (laughs) Talk to you soon.